Hi, welcome to the fourth edition of the Big W Podcast. I'm Kevin Hillier. With me, our media and communications man, Mitch Brown. Hello, Mitch. Hello, Kev. How are you going? I'm going well and uh, and full of the joys of spring and uh, hearing the theme song because uh, we belted it out again on the weekend with Gusto. Uh, yes, it was an emphatic response after what was, let's face it, a disappointing result against Geelong, falling just short, but... Uh, yeah, Jeff Andrews said it post game. He said we thought we were going to be up against it today. And um, look, no credit. Uh, sorry, no disrespect to the the Blues, but um, yeah, fifty eight point win. I don't know that anybody was expecting to come away with a result uh, quite so emphatic as that. And uh, pretty much controlled the game from uh, from go to woe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was about fifty three points. Um, approaching half time the blues got uh, a late one just before the break but even after half time when it um when it went a lot more goal for goal it always felt like um yeah the contest was um was well and truly on our terms another debutante which is good news from yeah darcy, boy. yeah darcy bennett he and um angus clark uh, combining really nicely in the ruck there and and facing a big challenge in in two uh, afl listed ruckmen who were both uh, over 200 centimeters so um yeah both experience and size that they had to battle with there and and look, I think they were maybe narrowly edged in the hitouts, but um, but no, the the two of them really held their own, and um, yeah, fantastic experience for for Darcy. And you're in charge of all our video, uh, so uh, Bior's uh, highlights tape is starting to really take a, a, some sort of substance. Uh, it is, yeah. There were there were two um, in a bit of a flurry there. I have to say, we probably did get the uh, the rub of the green in the first half in terms of the free kick. Bior oh, got a don't tell him that. No, Bior got a nice one early, took a mark and kicked a goal, and then 30 seconds later was lining up for another. He got a free kick and 50 meters off the ball but um, just after half time he had a lovely little soccer out of midair to put through his third so uh, yeah he is racking up the goals he's racking up the highlights as well and um, yeah Tim House was obviously the other um, one in front of the goals who really shone with uh, with four. Uh, who came to us as a defender, but has found a, uh, a new position up forward and is uh, slotting in lovely. Yeah, he did. Well, we, we had two guys who um, had the ability to play at both ends in um, in Nick Coglin and, and Tim House. And um, I think the feeling was, given what we'd seen from Nick, that he would probably spend a bit more time forward and, and Tim House would hold down that key defensive post. As it's turned out, it's been um, the reverse. We've seen Nick swung forward a, a little bit, but it's mostly been Tim up forward and, and Nick down back. And so far, it seems to be working out pretty well for us. No, it's all good. Uh, terrific result. Well done to the boys and the coaching staff on a, another great win on the weekend. Coming up in this podcast, Stewie Bellock, the football operations manager, will join us in just a tick. And we'll talk recruiting with Mark Stone, our recruiting and talent spotting man, on the back of uh, what was... A, a, and there's some great vision that uh, that you can see on our website and on our Facebook page of the announcement of Josh Corbett uh, uh, being told by Stewie Jew in front of the uh, the Gold Coast Suns playing group that he's uh, going to make his debut. And a lovely uh, photo up on the uh, little theatreette screen at the Gold Coast of him in his number 32 jumper and his Werribee jumper. Uh, and then just uh, uh, some really nice uh, footage of uh, of Josh calling his mum and dad and talking to them about it. It was, it was really nice stuff. It was great. They did a really good job, the Gold Coast. Yeah, uh, full credit to them there. And um, there was some nice footage from the weekend as well. He, he put through yeah. two in the in the space of a couple of minutes when um, at a stage when the Gold Coast were uh, in the hunt. Unfortunately, uh, Brisbane got away from him late. But um, no, uh, fantastic for, for Josh. And, and everyone who knows Josh around the club knows uh, what a friendly guy he is and what a big person personality is so um, yeah I don't think there'd be anyone who'd be uh, who'd be uh, unhappy to see Josh doing well in uh, in his debut with the Gold Coast and there's a bit of footage and I don't know whether uh, you've seen it or not but there is uh, early in the game he's on hands and knees 
in the goal square, uh, fighting to get possession of the ball that's hit the ground, and he pushes the ball forward, and one of the Gold Coast players, one of his teammates, picks it up and scores a goal. Every bit as good a bit of footage for him in a highlights reel as the two goals that he Absolutely, kicked. Absolutely, yeah. I think it was Lukosius who kicked that goal, yeah. and um, yeah, down on hands and knees, real desperation, yeah. and, and the Suns themselves, they um, well, obviously, they were making the most of their, their debutante where they could, but they got that footage and put that up as well, because um, yeah, it was great. It's good stuff. Now, the BW Podcast, of course, is proudly brought to you by the Australian Building Company. You can visit their new display home, New Haven Display Village, Tarnit. And I can tell you, depending on when you're listening, there's some very exciting news from the Australian Building Company this week. If you haven't heard it yet, you will hear it very, very soon, and it is very, very exciting. Skybus, fast, frequent and affordable airport transfers. Churnside's by the River, of course, which is our, our terrific venue there at Avalon Airport Oval. And Cario Waste Management, one 4696 But let's get to uh, the first of our two guests for today's podcast, and that is our football operations manager, Stewie Ballack. On the Big W Podcast, our guest is the football operations manager of the Werribee Football Club, Stewie Ballack. G'day, Stu. How are you going? Going well, thanks, mate. Uh, now, a buy's coming up. That means, obviously, you've got uh, the palm trees, the pina coladas, uh, you know, the uh, the waiter service going on because there's nothing to do on a buy week, is there? No, absolutely. Everything stops and we uh, collect our thoughts and um, we do a whole lot of nothing. But uh, I think if I said that, that'd be a lie because yep. uh, local footy keeps, keeps rolling on and obviously that's our... Um, you know, that that that's our reserves. Um, so you know, we we sort of we have we want to make sure there's pressure on spots. So we'll go and have a bit of a look at those guys um, and um, and our opposition play for the following week. So uh, likely we'll be at uh, at Northport having a look at Port Melbourne run around as well. So yeah, look, there's still uh, there's still plenty to keep us busy and and to a certain extent, I mean, lack of our own match just really gives us an opportunity to sort of. To, to, to sort of draw breath on you know on the first four games which have been incredibly pleasing um, and then um, and also then sort of look to to plan and and sort of start to um, to, to sort of nut out the next block of games and um, and yeah really really work forward from there. Stu Mitch here talking about uh, those players going around at local level. We know Jake Riccardi now has uh, been pretty impressive as 23rd player, but his time in that capacity has come to an end. So we could be uh, seeing some more guys coming through the, the ranks without giving too much away. Uh, are there any young guys at local level that are uh, really putting their hand up uh, to say that they're, uh, they're maybe not too far away from a call-up? Yeah, look, I, I guess um, the, the first one that comes to mind um, is Tom Boyd, who's been playing at, at Shep Swans. I think he, he's kicked a few goals in the, the local Shepparton derby um, uh, across the weekend. So, look, he, um, he's sort of someone that, um, that that's really performed. And it's funny, you, you, I mean, you, you talk about Jake Riccardi and, you know, he's had his first four games as, as a 23rd and, you know, he's going to be someone that be be really, um, you know, is really nor near on sort of sort of meant to be spot in the side. Like he's going very very well for for a first year player. Um, you know, but that being said, you know, Hudson Garoni's kicked a bag against Lara. Um, I think he's kicked about five goals against Lara on the weekend playing for Grovedale. Um, you know, so look, yeah, there's certainly that that sort of twenty third player throws up a, a really interesting um, sort of uh, you know. Uh, question really at the, at the at match committee, and I think um, you know I think you know hard decisions are, are really good for for a footy program. Um, it, it sort of means where uh, where you know the players are performing, and 
um, you know, we'll hopefully can, can unearth another one. Stewie, that uh, it does uh, create a bit of a quandary, though, doesn't it? I mean, uh, as much as local footy is uh, terrific in that, uh, how much stock do you put in? Uh, and the players can only play where they're playing, but uh, do you temper back, uh, you know, what people do in local footy because the jump is, is really big and obviously the jump is different from whatever competition you're coming from to jump into the VFL? Yeah, look, absolutely. You know, every competition is different. Um, every local football club is different. Um, and so, you know, I suppose you, you've, we've got to really look back on, um, you know, Ryan Kemp as, you know, one of the, not the most notable debutante. Obviously, Das was, but, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you know, Ryan trained really, really well. Um, you know, he wasn't playing at the highest possible level he could, but, you know, we needed that sort of type player. So, you know, I think, you know, your form on the weekend is, is one thing, um, but then, you know, the way that you train, the way you present um, amongst your peers, for a better word, here at, here at the club um, is, is just as good. Um, you know, I think from our, our end, you know, if we've got players going back to, play, you know, and playing local footy, we really want their attitude to be on. We want them to be doing what the coach needs and we also want them to be part of, you know, the best best playing players um, week in, week out because, um, you know, that's sort of the level that we, we need them no matter where they're going and where they're playing. And, you know, I think... Um, you know, you, the minute you sort of you, you sort of step into to a VFL match, you know, yeah, you're right. The intensity goes up, and we just hope that the that what they've been able to do at those lower levels, or TAC Cup levels in the year before, they can they can just replicate when when it's a you know a little bit bit quicker decision making. So that's that's the plan. A list of 44 or 45 or whatever it is uh, with the with you know the other players that come into that. Uh, so what what's the plan for the I guess the core part of that list who played most of the first four games of the season? Uh, is the bike coming a good time for them? Yeah, look at that. As, I mean, we've had a, a pretty heavy pre-season. We've had um, the three practice games where we sort of have a bit of a look at form lines for, for players. But, you know, it's, it's it's one of those ones that, you know, a lot of these guys are, are new to our program. Um, guys are travelling from interstate, so I haven't really had much of a touch point with sort of some of these um, these local clubs. So, yeah, we're we're probably in a position where we can we can really just use this week to to sort of freshen up, and you know I wouldn't expect anyone um, that's been playing to be going back and and playing local footy. Uh, there's not really much to gain given where where our group's at at the moment. So I think um, you know we'll, uh, we'll we'll probably just use it as a a, um, a time to to freshen right up. What's uh, what's been the football department's uh, sort of take on the on this uh, this block of games that we played so far? Obviously, be pretty happy with the results. I mean, uh, in the end, we're three points away from having a clean record. Yeah, yeah. Look, yeah, that that was obviously, you know, the, the fact that I think you go in each week and you're not sure what you're going to get when you're playing an AFL Alliance side. So, um, yep. you know, the. There's um, there's selections, there's carryover players. There, it, it could be it could be anything. Um, you know, I think the, the, on the, the week just gone was obviously incredibly pleasing. You know, they, they were sort of um, they were pretty competitive with all their games in Northern Blues um, against Geelong and Collingwood. So um, yeah, to, to sort of get that that result was terrific. Um, yeah, narrowly miss out with um, with Geelong was obviously disappointing, but you know we're competing really really well. Um, and then um, the the first sort of two two wins, um, yeah, were, were were great. So three and one um, going into um, round six against Port's going to be um, a really really interesting game. And um, you know, I think we're 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 pretty confident that we'll um, we'll continue uh, continue to be competitive in the in the VFL competition for sure. Uh, Mick Barlow not far away from a return, I would imagine. The buy obviously for him and for uh, and uh, for the skipper for Michael Sotomayor come at a good time. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think both of those guys, you know, will, you know, provided they do everything right through the, the next two weeks, will will be putting their hand up. And um, again, when you sort of uh, when you've got players of that sort of caliber that, that sort of have, have been missing for a couple of weeks, you sort of um, you know again to, you sort of think, well, gee, there, there's um, there's plenty to like. And um, I guess um, yeah, that that also throws up a, another. Uh, you know, a few curveballs at the selection table yeah. as well, where you've got those two players coming back in. So it's, um, yeah, it's 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 really positive. I um, want to ask about the mid-season draft, the AFL mid-season draft. It's the first time we're going to see it in action. Uh, we don't know whether we'll be affected by it. Uh, we don't know who uh, who might be going where or whatever. What uh, what's the club know about that at this stage, Stu? Yeah, look, I think it's pretty pretty new to to everyone. Um, you know, certainly um, there, there's guys that, um, that that will have some level of interest um, given the way that they're going. Um, but, yeah, look, it, it'll be just really um, interesting to sort of see how it plays out where, you know, clubs that... Uh, look, I, I don't have what, you know, AFL clubs have got in, in front of me, but, um, but certainly there'll be clubs that will have a need, um, I guess, yeah. given long-term injuries and, you know, to have... Depending on where, where they are with their... Um, you know, with with their sort of list development, there there might be an opportunity sort of for one of our players to to get a call up. And I mean, you look at the thrill that um, that Josh Corbett gets on the weekend for yeah. playing an AFL game and you know kicking a couple of goals and and you know the, the sheer joy that it brings their family. You know, that's what we're you know we're in this sort of program for to provide those sort of opportunities. Um, so. Yeah, look, I think it opens what Monday the twenty ninth of uh, of April it says, and um, and then it will close on Friday the third of May. And what happens between sort of those two uh, those two points in time will, will, will be new to to everyone in, in the space, I suppose. And um, you know, I guess we 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 give um, we give our players the blessing that you know go off and, and play AFL footy because you know that's what you're working towards and. Um, I guess what what happens then from from our end um, provides opportunity, um, which everyone's looking for um, when they when they're coming into a, into a VFL program. Stu, the questions that our our supporters are going to ask is, you know, do uh, say for instance, player A gets picked up from from Werribee and goes to uh, let's pick a club, let's say Collingwood. So he goes mm. to Collingwood, uh, he uh, he doesn't get a game, he plays in the Collingwood reserves. Uh, what sort of a what what sort of compensation do we get? Do we know that at this particular stage? And B, what guarantee? Do we have that? Uh, you know, we're not going to see that player playing against us in the finals later in the uh, later in the year. Yeah, well, well that's the thing. Like, there actually, um, there's some rules around um, around where they're able to play, so they, they wouldn't actually be able to play against their um, their uh, the club that they were previously listed. Okay. Um, there's some there's some remuneration, some compensation that comes back to to the football club. Yep. Um, you know, like everything, you probably want more, um, but. Yeah. Uh, but you know that there's there's compensation that the AFL put forward there. So um, yeah, look again, it's new. Are we allowed to grab players from uh, from other competitions to, to fill up our yeah. list? Yeah, look, the the, the the VFL clubs have got the opportunity to make six list changes. So very very similar. Um, okay. You know that that you know that the hard thing there will then be you know will um, you know bringing bringing guys into a program that have been um, you know. Not cited, I guess, within within our program, and you know, there, you know, you know full well that um, 
that, that you know, a VFL player who's going to be able to perform given the way that they prepare. Um, you know, these are typically guys that may not have prepared um, as well as, as, as we would like, and it just gives a bit of risk. But, but yeah, definitely we've got the opportunity to, um, to, to make some changes through, through the year. Um, so certainly that'll be sort of something that will, will present, um, you know, should, should any of our guys get, get an opportunity. And, you know, I think we, we've got to just really focus on the positives. Obviously, yeah. you know, taking our best players would, would leave a, a massive hole. But, um, but yeah, look, that's sort of, um, that, that's the, 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 I suppose the, the payoff for, uh, for, for giving a guy what, what he really wants and what, he, what, what he's been working for. Yeah. Stu, we uh, joke about pina coladas on the beach over bye weekend, but obviously there's a hell of a lot going on. Uh, mid-season draft, just discussing, and um, and plenty at local level as well. But um, the footy management role is probably a bit of a mysterious one for those who don't live in, in football land in terms of what goes on in the day-to-day. Um, if there's such a thing as a typical week, can you give us a little bit of a, an outline of, of what it is you do day-to-day? A bit of a, you know, I kiss the kiss the girls goodbye when I uh, when I leave in the morning. Oh, that w- that's probably them. a level of detail we don't need. But. <laughs> <laughs> typically, don't see them until the next day. But look, you know, we, we train three nights a week, um, so you know, obviously you're you're um, you're on call for for sort of three nights a week. So you're present at, um, at training, you know, working through the admin and and the um, and the and the sort of day to day. Is um, you know it, it could sort of throw up anything, but you know you, it's really you know we've got a, a wonderful group of staff here that um, you know we've got sort of fifty odd odd people that sort of make make this sort of program tick, um, you know, and then you, you've got suppliers that you're ordering, you've got your week to week with your you know your nutrition, with your um, with your medical, with your um, finance for, for players, with your finance for staff and. And just making sure that we're we're on top of all of those areas, and, and obviously things like the, you know, the the admin that comes through with um with with the AFL and, and VFL footy's gone to a new level. You know, in the the ten years that I've been involved with, you know, our stats now we've got champion data stats, and and we've got sort of coaches analysing that. You know, we've got vision and and behind the goal vision. We've got. Um, clubs and that, you know, we had North Melbourne play Port here on the weekend. Um, you know, we're now getting that vision in and, and looking at that sort of from a, from a week to week. Um, you know, it's it's pretty varied. Uh, you know, so you generally look at yourself as a bit of a, a bit of a jack of all trades. So you're trying to do what departments are doing at, um, at at AFL clubs, and you know, we've just got to be mindful that we don't overstep the you know the the mark with with any of that understanding what our capacity is um in this space so look it's a you know it's incredibly pleasing when you know you, you work you work work your week um you put in some long hours and then you have the results like you have on the weekend yeah obviously um you know they're they're, they're what that's what you do it for to see you know young kids play their first game like sort of darcy bennett and get presented with his jumper you know, they're, 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 that was a young man that came and um, and did a couple of practice game, uh, pra- training sessions with us, sort of last year with a bit of a connection um, with with one of our uh, our assistant coaches at that point in time, and you know little things like that, just finding finding a player that will come and, and be competitive, and then watching their improvement, and then you know even with you know Josh Corbett on the weekend, there's there's some there's some really you know pleasing aspects of of the role that. Is only built over time. So, um, so yeah. Look, I mean, I don't know if that's sort of delved sort of too deep in the finer detail, but yeah, it's really it's a varied role, and um, 
I guess the, the other part of it is that uh, it's a lot more comfortable now in the in the new facility that we've got here at Avalon Airport Oval as well. So that's um, that's quite nice. Beautiful. Well, you've got a lot to do, so we're going to let you go. And uh, it was a lovely uh, sort of uh, little prelude into what we're about to do, which is to talk recruiting with uh, with Mark Stone, who is one of the men responsible for getting Josh Corbett to uh, to the football club and now obviously off with the Gold Coast Suns. Thanks, Stu. Appreciate your time. Uh, enjoy enjoy the uh, the bye weekend. Uh, not that it's a weekend off, but enjoy that. And we look forward to the Port Melbourne game on the uh, following Saturday. Absolutely. Terrific. Thanks for that. Joining us on the Big W Podcast now is one of the members of our recruiting staff, one of the man who's got a great eye for football talent. His name is Mark Stone. He's been around the footy club for a number of years now. Stoney, welcome, mate. It's great to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Kev. Kev, thanks, Mitch. Uh, happy to be part of the Big W Podcast, mate. I'm really excited about it. All right, well, let's talk about uh, what, when was it 2006 or thereabouts that you started at the club? 2008, Kev. Eight. Uh, I think... Penn will probably tell you it might be seven, but it's eight in my words. But uh, it's been you know, 11 years now, and I've uh, it's a I find it a great role. I just find it I'm part of the footy club without being too close. But you know I can bring players to the club and uh, give an opportunity to be part of our great culture there. You, you you clock up a lot of a lot of K's around the place, having a look at different players. What do you look for in a player, Stoney? What what's yeah, what's the magic I, ingredient? I think um, I think it's about. Just little things. I don't. I can watch a game, a game of footy for a half, and, and watch them take a mark, or you know, pick the ball off the ground. Speed, left foot, right foot. It's something. I always call it the X factor. Some players that can play a higher level have a little bit of special about it. We saw Joshy Corbett recently play his first game, and the exciting part about him is that Graham Twaddle, who was in Warrnambool, alerted John Lamont and I to a kid playing down North Warrnambool. Uh, he had a bit of time at the the Rebels and up at uh, Ballarat, but really didn't. Hadn't matured quite well as a player and a person. And Graham Twaddle called me and said, uh, there's a kid up here, I think, Stoney, he's been playing senior footy from 16, needs to play a high-level footy. And, you know, with development with our club, our culture and the people around their club, um, give an opportunity for Josh to really expand. He, he's one of many. But so it's just it's just little things that you, you look for that uh, make them good people and good players, I reckon. Stoney, Mitch here. Um, obviously, your uh, late father, Max, also um, pretty heavily involved uh, in a recruiting side of things with North Melbourne, a stalwart of that club. And I think his claim to fame was that uh, he first spotted a young Tony Liberatore running around for, uh, for Brunswick City. Was it, was it from your dad that you really got that bug to, um, to get involved and, uh, and go down a similar path? Well, dad started North Melbourne in 74 and uh, the great late Laurie DeWire and he uh, put... Get, Got Dad involved, knew Laurie, and uh, you're right, Tony Libertori was one of Dad's first. But I used to go to the footy with Dad, and uh, he'd just stand there and take notes. And you know, back then, they'd, a couple of blokes would go together and they'd watch, you know, under 18, under 16 footy. And um, I just like, just love the the idea of uh, going on and watching a game of footy, don't matter where it is. I mean, I've been here, there, and everywhere to watch footy, you know, Warrnambool, Tasmania, up to Albury, and we've got a great breeding ground in Albury and, and the Golden Valley and the Ovens of Murray. But you know, with Dad, it was just about, it was a bit of a passion and, and Dad loved finding new players. He found a few for North and I just took it on board and started doing the same thing and thought, you know what, I've got something in this and I can I have an eye for a talented player. And um, yeah, Dad was really a catalyst behind that. Yes, he was there 25 years in recruiting and, and was part of the club for 42 years at the Kangas. 
Yeah, his role, obviously, at, uh, at North Melbourne evolved over time. Yours has too at Werribee. We, um, we know that you, um, you took on a footy management role for a bit there. And, um, and obviously, the, the recruiting side of things, um, that's uh, changed a bit over the years as well. Can you sort of give us a bit of an outline of, of how it's all developed? I must say, Stewie does a great job. I mean, to do that job is a tough job. And 100, 100 hours a week. So, Stewie, when he listens to this, he'll be um, excited the fact that he, he's got a tough job. But it has changed. I mean, uh, Choco coming this year, and it was great. I, I tell people a story in, in our first recruiting meeting late last year. We had Michael Barlow, Jack Fitzpatrick, Nick Daffy, Joffrey Andrews, Choco, myself, and, and a few of the staff there. We were talking about players and, and you know, how it's changed it used to be about that you know and you have your networks around around victoria around australia who you know you you check in you know once twice a year who give you information about players and you know give you your name and you got to follow up and and now it's more of a science and how quickly they can run if they can kick the football give me some vision so it's all about really there's a lot more in it um than it was once before but you're getting really uh definite information about the player the type of player the type of person um, so it is is evolving, and I suppose um, using your networks, um, Damien Franklin, obviously with the welfare side, and at Ange Christoforo last year, and um, John McLaurin this year. I've got a whole lot of people that support us, and people wouldn't know this that we would have, I reckon, on the books around Australia, probably 50 people, ex players, ex coaches, who actually make up their recruiting team. So it isn't just one person; it's many people that can give you feedback, information on uh, on players and what they can bring to your club, especially the Werribee Footy Club, VFL football. So, Stoney, how do you sell a player to, to a coach? How do you walk in and say, you know, and you've done it over the years with a with a Mickey Barlow or Josh Corbett, what do you walk in and you go, okay, I reckon this bloke can be here, this, this and this for this footy club? Well, first of all, I say <laughs> it's quite interesting, Kev, because you walk in and you go, they go uh, the coach might say, Chuck might say, or... You know, we've, I think I've had five and six coaches back to way back to Westian Sats and yep. JL and, uh, you know, Simon Atkins. They've all said, okay, what sort of player are they, Stoney? Who are they? What can they do? And I always say oh, they can jump high, um, they can kick long, they go great below their knees. Uh, and then the coach has got to say, can they fit in our structure? Because now it's all about list management. Yep. And that's where Stu comes into play. And, um, you know, how many Ruckman have we got? How many Rovers have we got? How many small forwards have we got? How many rebound defenders have we got? So it's about how can they fit. Now it's about how can they fit into our, our structure and our system. Um, so I just say my networks or my vision or my eye tell me um, that this kid uh, is too good for where he's playing. He has the right attitude to come in. So it's about their attitude and what they can do, yeah. not really what they can't do because we want to, we want to do a whole lot what they can do and bring out their strengths. But, you know, you, the thing is, Mitch Kev, is that you might have 150 players that you have targets for, and that's how it starts. But you really have to go through because it's pretty competitive these days. I mean, we have clubs around us, and it's super competitive. So you have to have something different uh, for the player, for the families, for the grandmas, granddads, for the families that come to the club and, and like the environment that they're in. Um, so really at the start, it's about um, to the coach, well, I think this player can play higher because my networks and my people that are giving me the recommendation think this person can play at a higher level. 
All right, Stoney, we know how you sell the players. Now I need you to sell yourself. We've talked about Josh Corbett, <laughs> but um, going back over the years, can you give us a, a brief rundown of, uh, of some of your biggest success stories and the ones that have given you the most satisfaction of, of guys you've discovered <laughs> who've, who've you know, have made it to Werribee and then ultimately uh, made it to the highest level? Our longest-serving player, or our longest-serving player at the club, Nathan Laris, he was my, probably my one of my first, I think, Kev uh, Brent Sheen, who played yeah. at Point Cook last year. Yeah. I think he was our first. James Saker may have been around there, but one player in particular that really was really Mason Larris. I went out to Yarrow one day and watched Mason play in a, in a, a preliminary elimination final for Wodonga Bulldogs back then. And Mason played on a, in a back pocket and half back flank. And, um, you know, I because I love the area of the Golden Valley numbers of Murray, I went up there you know, once, twice a year, three times a year sometimes, and was up there for the finals. And Lara um, just kept, kept getting the football. He just kept rebounding the football, kept taking mark after mark, run through packs. Uh, and I actually, after the game, um, went and met, went and seen Lara and introduced myself. And he uh, he was a great – I mean, he was a great story, Lara. And, yeah. Um, I suppose, Mitch – you know, you just got to be seen. <laughs> people, yeah, Stoney, you're, being, you're being very, uh, very uh, humble here. Look, Ben Brown uh, didn't just jump out of a, you know, no, no. A, a boat he, and, he... And, and row across <laughs> from Tasmania. Um, he you, didn't. You brought him across, and he has turned out to be. I mean, we all thought he had something going when we first saw him, but by geez, he's turned out to be a much better player, I think, than any of us thought. Yeah, well, that that took me three coffees, Kev, Mitch, yep. <laughs> three coffees to get yeah. him across in the boat, and he was very reluctant the first and. I've got many t- mates in Tasmania that have belonged to the football industry and media. And um, I actually went and met in uh, Ben and Northbridge Coffee Club in uh, in Glenorchy. And um, I'd never met the man before. I'd spoken on the phone. And uh, I went down and Ben said, so I said to Ben, and I actually have a connection in Tasmania. Matthew Armstrong, I played at Fitzroy in North Melbourne and, yep. and was part of the uh, Tassie scene down there. He, um, he said, oh, Ben Brown's, you know, a really good player and he's come off an injury. And I went down and, and met with Ben and um, had a coffee with him at Northbridge and, and said, Ben, what about VFL football? And that was the first time he said, Stoney, I really um, want to play a year of, of senior footy against me. And he said, he said, keep in contact with me. He's a, he was a fine young gentleman. He's yeah. a fine young person, Ben. And um, I kept in contact with Ben uh, the year before he came over. And then I went back in the, I think it was around the August of the year he came over and uh, had another coffee and said, Ben, what do you reckon? He said, let me go and talk to my parents. I went and met with the mum and dad at Old Beach down in, down in Hobart and um, walked up the stairs and there's six, ten pairs of shoes because you've got five brothers. And yep. went up and met mum and dad and, and up at the house and then um, uh, went and had another coffee with him. And he come over to have a trial before Christmas and uh, Westy, I think, said to me at that point, this kid's got something. And he had a mate who was a BMX rider, was living in Werribee, ironically, and he rang me and said, he went back at Christmas, rang me and said, yeah, I'm going to come over and play. And uh, he moved in with his mate who was a BMX rider. And, um, you know, it's uh, as soon as you met that kid, as soon as you met Ben, you knew that this kid was destined for bigger things. And when I first seen, and I seen some vision of him because Matty gave me some vision and I watched him play and I thought, this kid can be anything and uh, had a basketball background. And he just, uh, aerobic ability below his knees and... Um, just yeah, so I was very happy. I went back to uh, Westy and said Westy is going to come and, and we put him on. He played and developed in the first game, and then uh, the rest is history. So yeah. 
all those stories, and I call it the A to Z of recruiting, Jen. So I think it's the people you've got in the background that really do some work for you. Your own eye, you go and you meet the parents, you sell the club what the values of the club are. They come to the club, they see the experience and see Stewie and Mark and the people involved with the club who really are the heartbeat of the club, the board, who support it, the whole thing. But so anybody comes to wherever you, they know it's an experience. And Ben was one of those players. He looks back and you when he speaks about Werribee, you've got to be proud of what we are and who we are as, as a football club. The A to Z, I like it, Stoney. Maybe a book to be written there. Uh, Mark <laughs> Stone, uh, recruiting guru for the Werribee Football Club. Thanks very much for joining us. Um, congratulations on uh, on the success of, uh, of Josh Corbett. That's uh, yours to share in as well. And, um, and we look forward to you uh, unearthing a few more for us over the, uh, over the journey. Well, gents, I've got about 100 names, so Choco's going to love it. But anyway, uh, let's hope we can bring another Ben Brown, Josh Corbett. Mason Larris, Yusaka. There's so many names that we've had yeah. from all over across Victoria and Australia that have been a great success stories. And we see Don Gleeson even, you know, coaching down at Torquay. So it's a, it's a great club and uh, I appreciate your chat, boys. Terrific to catch up with uh, Stu Bellick and with Mark Stone uh, from our recruiting uh, part of the uh, the football department. There's so much goes on at this footy department that people don't know about. And I think Stewie mentioned it there. We uh, we do compete in, in every level of, uh, of our organisation with AFL clubs in terms of what we, what we have to do to be competitive on the ground. And we do it with probably a tenth of the staff and resources. Uh, yeah, well, uh, as I've said to you a number of times, Kev, in the off-season I often get the question, oh, so what do you do at this time of year? <laughs> You, you just go into hibernation for six months. But yeah, right. uh, no, there's a surprising amount that goes on behind the uh, the scenes in a VFL footy club, media including. But uh, yeah, good to have both Stu and, uh, and Stoney to uh, shed a bit of light on that. Now our uh, Gordon Player of the Week and uh, a whole lot more will be up on the on the website and the Facebook page during the week and even the, the, because it's a buy, trust me, Mitch does not have time off uh, or very little. Uh, and so we'll have uh, plenty of content going up on the website and on the uh, Facebook page between now and our next game, which is uh, Saturday uh, uh, at uh, Port Melbourne. We take on uh, on their beautiful new oval. It looks fantastic too since they've redressed it and done it all up. It's It looks really good. It'll be an unfamiliar experience, I think, playing on, uh, on North Port Oval without it being completely bogged down in mud. So, um, yeah, some novelty there. Careful what you wish for. <laughs> uh, we look forward to that taken on uh, on Port Melbourne. Uh, but, of course, uh, back uh, we'll have a week off uh, for the podcast, but back uh, in a week's time. Uh, thanks to the Australian Building Company uh, making uh, the great Aussie home affordable again. Skybus for fast, frequent and affordable airport transfers. Corio Waste Management, clean, efficient and sustainable waste management services. And, of course, Churnside's by the river. Uh, give uh, Deanna Buzz on 97416. Double eight, a birthday, a party, a celebration, a business conference, whatever, can be accommodated in Churnsides by the River uh, with all the uh, all the bells and whistles that you're after. Have a uh, have a lovely bye weekend off. Ha, Thank ha, you, Kev. Ha. Yeah, and we'll catch you on the next Big W podcast. Thanks, Kev. See you then.